to the Best Little Book Club podcast, where we chat to Australia's most awe-inspiring authors about their book and share the backstory of how they came to write it. So find a comfortable spot and open those ears. Imagine this author is sitting right in front of you and listen carefully as we discover the characters and the plot twists of It's Okay to Feel the Way You Do, because our special guest today is Josh Langley, and he's speaking to me from Western Australia. Welcome, Josh. How are you going, Pip? I'm so excited to be here. I can't wait to hear what you've got to say and what you've got to announce for us today. But now I want you to know the reason that I have chosen your book for our Best Little Book Club podcast is because it is Mental Health Awareness Month. It's October 2021. We're just about to come out of lockdown. And on Sunday it, the 10th, it's World Mental Health Awareness Day. So I think it's a really important topic, um, especially for our young kids today. They've had to deal with a lot of stuff over the last 18 months. And I know that you have written some great books about this. So do you want to tell me about them? And one in particular uh, we'll dive into a little bit later. Okay. Well, my through book series for kids is called Being You Was Enough. And there's four books in the series of which It's Okay to Feel the Way You Do is one of them. The first book is Being You Was Enough. And then It's Okay to Feel the Way You Do came out. And then last year, of one of the books called Magnificent Mistakes and Fantastic Failures came out. I love out. that title. Can I just say, I love that title. I know, I know. It's so, oh, even adults need to read this book. <laughs> um, and then this year, the book about kindness called Being Wildly Kind, that came out. And so there's the four books in the series. And where this series originated from, um, my publisher said, we would really love you to write some kids' books. So, so I already written a couple of illustrated books before and I don't have kids myself and I had this this insight to go why don't I write a book for my eight-year-old self that I could go back in time and give it to my eight-year-old self because he had a bit of a rough childhood and you know and so I wanted to write something that he could then take on board and go you know wow this is this is making me feel so good and warm and and makes me feel better about who I am because I thought, okay, well, look, I'll write it for my eight-year-old self, but I thought the way I'm going to do it is very different from other kids' books. Instead of having a a storyline or having main characters that have to go on a journey and find friends or something like that, what I did was I wrote down the 11 and a half most important things that my eight-year-old self should know. And they're things like, um, you know, Mindfulness, you know, learning to, to pick up your thoughts, that it's okay to be different. It's important to use your imagination, that mums are wise, very love mums love that bit, um, and that being you is enough, you're perfect just the way you are. And the one that every mum loves when they get to the, when they're reading it to their child, at the end of the book, and this is the last thing that every child needs to know is that you are loved. And all the mums go, oh, my God. So, so that was the first book, Being Yours Enough. And then the second book was It's Okay to Feel the Way You Do. Because I thought I need to really write a book about feelings because my eight-year-old self didn't have a, you know, I mean, look, most people don't know how to deal with their feelings. We've all got them, but there's no instruction manual. So I thought let's try to make the book like an instruction manual for feelings, for kids. And so it's written in the same context, like, you know, sad feelings, angry feelings, anxious feelings. And it describes, okay, this is what the feeling feels like. 
this is what it looks like. Here's what you can do when you have that feeling. So it's a small, it's, it's, it's not, you know, one of these expert things written by psychologists. It's just my own experience of what I would tell my little eight-year-old self about, you know, when he's feeling anxious. Okay, what does it feel like? Where does it, where do you feel it in your body? How is it, is it jumbling your thoughts? You know, those sort of things. And then go, okay, well, this is what it feels like. It's okay to have those feelings. And this is the other thing is that it's important that we all have feelings and let kids know it's okay to have them. Because sometimes as, as you would know, people, people go, oh, I shouldn't feel angry. That's a bad emotion. No, it is just an emotion. And when we learn to make friends with those emotions, they become less big and less intense. And we go, oh, okay. Now we know what we can do with them. And so with, with, with that, and it's okay to feel the way you do, went on to win the, um, the Australian Book Industry Award, Small Publishers Children's Book of the Year in 2018. And that, that just blew me away because I'd only wow. been writing kids' books for a couple of years. And to go to this huge awards ceremony, I mean, Julie Gillard was there, Annabelle <laughs> Crabb, Jimmy Barnes, and I've got stars in my eyes, all these celebrities. And then, then little old Josh has to, you know, won the award and get up on stage and make a speech and 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 it was just such an amazing experience. And can I say that's a big emotion, having to yeah, deal with that excitement and that anticipation and the anxiety around that. What what does what do you tell an eight year old if they won that award? Well, I tell you what, I, I should have given myself <laughs> some advice because what happened was because we were told in this email that goes out to all the nominees who are going to be at the awards night that you have two minutes to make a speech. Okay. And I thought, great, what I'll do, I will get my, I'll talk for about a minute, then get my publisher up, then they can say a few words. Five minutes before the event started, the publisher said, no, it's only the author goes up. Publishers can't go up. <laughs> and I went, oh, and then my anxiety kicked into overdrive. So the, I mean, my award wasn't, um, I was going to say drawn or wasn't given out until after the dinner. So I had first half of the event to sit there full of anxiety go what else am I going to say to fill up two minutes I'm I'm rehearsing in my head and I just really couldn't enjoy mm. most of the actual ceremony because the awards night because I'm trying to write this speech in my head if I won and then I thought ah, I'm not going to win it anyway just relax Josh just enjoy the meal have another glass of champagne then next minute, <laughs> my name's been called, faces on big screens on either side of the awards room. It's like, whoa, okay. And you know what? I was fine. Yeah. You survived I, I and you got minutes. through it. Yeah. I survived. Yeah. 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 And what, what, was there any particular strategy you used? I find that breathing works for that, like when you slow your breathing down or and you know you've got to talk. Um, was there anything yeah, particular was... you did? Yeah, I think what I do is I, in that situation, I, I lay down tracks in my head. I own what I need to do. And that if I can own that and then create that into a safe space for me, that's my little bit of security. And that sort of calms me down a little bit. Um, but breathing, yes, I find breathing is good for me, but it, it is not the best option. For a lot of other people, it is. Mm. A lot of other people, they do that, you know, what can I see around me? What, what name five things? that I can feel and hear and all that sort of stuff. That's hard. Too, it is. <laughs> that's hard Especially to do with anxiety. Mind's flying around yeah. at a million miles an hour. And it's like, yeah, I mean, if I had this strategy, because it was only after that I actually started seeing a, a therapist for, for anxiety, 
and he gave me some great strategies and you know stretching and moving getting some physical action happening would have actually been great at the time but um i just i just got through it though pip and well, I well and i think the I'm, eight-year-olds that are you know that one of their things that they are called to do at school is public speaking yes and so yeah. it's actually testing them isn't it and building them up to actually be able mm. to impromptu speak or do a prepared speech and have an a constructive argument. So I know that mine's just gone through that debating phase. So it's been quite interesting yeah. to see them grow and you can see why they they sort of get mm. tested on that. But, um, you know, even at your age now, we're still not prepared, are we? No. no <laughs> still- you're not. And, but one of the key things that I found is rehearsing, it, rehearsing, mm. practising, because I actually um, judge the soapbox, com- soapbox competition here in I in WA where they get the primary schools and they all challenge each other off for, for public speaking competition. I'm one of the judges. And I see what they go through and I see the amazing effort and mm-hmm. see the results. And it's like the more you practice, the more you own it, the more you lay down the tracks and the and the, the less likely it is that, that things will go wrong. As you know, as soon as you step up on stage, though, it's, okay, all bets are off because there's suddenly it's the real situation. But that's what I found. The more you practice, the better you're going to get. And, and so I, I wanted to just uh, go a little bit further than that and ask you about the opposite end of that emotional scale that you would have experienced, and that's that anger or frustration, because no doubt an eight-year-old mm. certainly feels that. Um, what 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 are the, some of the things that you talk about in the book, or is there a narrative around it that you can share? I I, I suppose I talk about first identifying the angry feeling because most people it, it it just you snap and you and you're suddenly you're angry and you don't know why and you're just consumed by this massive emotion and and the usually the end result is is not a positive result you've either hit something you bash something or you've said something that you want to regret or whatever and so it's like okay let's go back let's tell me eight year old self how would you then first identify? How do you know when you're getting angry? What's What are the triggers? And it's like, okay, how does my body feel? Do I feel hot? Do I feel cold? And I talk about this to kids that I, that I talk to at primary schools. You know, just that first simple identifier. Do you feel hot or cold when you get angry? And you see them going, oh, oh, I feel hot. And I said, okay, could you solve a really difficult maths problem in the middle of being angry? No. And I go, exactly, because your brain goes to mush, your body gets hot, you can't think properly, and then you can go, well, okay, well, this is just the natural feeling of being angry. This is what it feels like. And therefore, you can identify when it starts to happen a little bit earlier. And then you can go, well, okay, this is what I'm feeling. How do I release this energy? Because the energy's got to have somewhere to go. And so in, in um, it's okay to feel the way you do. I offer two simple, simple strategies. One of them is, is breathing and counting to um, 33 and a half. And the other one is running around the backyard like a chicken, <laughs> which I used to do. I used to have chickens, but they got taken by a fox, sadly. That's another story. But we'll deal with that emotion just, in a minute. <laughs> yeah, well, no, that's the sad emotion. I'm, I'll cover that too. Um, but it's, it's, it's releasing the energy in a safe way. Mm. And then the next step, really important, is to then talk to someone about why you got angry. And it's because the, the re- reason you got angry is still there, mm-hmm. but the thing is now you can talk about it and, and construct a cohesive 
argument or sentence or, or even just explain what you really feel because if you're in the middle of the angry outburst, it just comes out as jarbled mush and you can't make any sense. But after that's been released, you can then do it and then address the reason why. And now I think that's really important. And especially, I really want boys to take that on board because as we know, we just look around at society as to what happens when boys aren't taught their emotions, taught to make friends with their emotions. You've got a whole lot of men who really have got no idea what to do with their anger. They don't even most of the time think they're angry, but they they are and they're unleashing it in in just horrible ways. But if we can get boys from the youngest age possible to be okay with all these feelings, with these big feelings. And and I found for me, when I was speaking to my therapist, I found a lot of the anger that I had was actually stemmed from anxiety. There's mm. always a thing for anger. It just doesn't come out of nowhere. But it was the anxiety that I was having would build up and build up and build up, build up. And then it became an angry outburst. So if I could go back and identify what got me anxious, I could just diffuse the entire thing. And that was that was one of the biggest things that I found. And just on that, I've always asked a question around what induces that anxiety. And would you say that rejection is one of those? Oh, the fear of rejection or the actual yeah. rejection or the fear of it or the fear of of um of being ostracized, the fear of the fear of doing something and you go, Oh, I don't know if I should do it or not, mm. or and then you you get stuck in this little battle with yourself and then that builds up the anxiety. And then then you end up feeling trapped. Then the anger comes and you and you want to just break out. And and then you realize, what did I get angry about? You know. Because you, you may have just, it might have been a small little thing that got you angry, but, but you didn't realise it was all the anxiety and all the thoughts in your head that were leading up to that. It's like a big and, snowball, and isn't it? Like you, it's, it's just one snowball, little thing and it just builds. Exactly, exactly. And that's that's one thing I didn't realise. That Like, say, for for people with, with anxiety, the, the, what happens is they, they live like, if the scale of zero to ten, they would live life, everyone's, you know, at a five. But to get them to an eight to be really angry, there has to be something fairly big to actually get them to eight. But for someone who's living their life with, an, with a lot of anxiety, they're living at a seven. So it could just mean dropping an ice cream on the floor or send you to an eight. And then and people go, wow, you overreacted there because that was just a bit of an ice cream on the floor. Now you're wanting to rip someone's head off. But it's the anxiety that's been building up behind that. Yeah. And once I once I, I I learned and discovered that, it enabled me to almost backtrack, stop my stop these rambling thoughts, ang- angry thoughts, and go backwards in time. Go what? And I could go, ah, okay. I was I was worried about maybe an upcoming interview, or I was I was worried about this, or something like that. And then that was the little seed that started in my brain and it got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I dropped an ice cream on the floor and I got angry. Yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting because I've got four children. So I, you know, I'm very conscious that, you know, I've certainly made my parenting mistakes, but it's, it's, mm. it's sort of like there's a little bit bag of resentment that just swells, you know, because they're not getting the opportunity to express themselves because they don't know how to and they don't know. Yeah. And and then you'll find out three months later that there was something going on and you and it's like, I'm like, I can't read mine. So how do we, you know, especially for you, like how do you encourage boys to express themselves healthily, whether it's 
built up resentment. It's, you know, because of rejection or there's a fear there or like what, what are you encouraging boys in particular to do? The younger they are, like a four-year-old, a five-year-old, even a six, seven-year-old, you know, getting them to feel safe to be able to talk is one of the, the important things. And that's where parents, I mean, not that I'm, I don't want to tell parents what to do, but I try, I try and say, if you can create enough safe space for a child where you're not reacting, you're not yelling or whatever, so therefore when they're stressed or they're anxious, they feel safe because you're like a little island, a little rock, a little safe space. And then you can gently invite them, you know, what are you feeling, what happened, or even you can talk about things around it, you know, instead of what happened at school today. Did anything at school today inspire you or something? And they go, oh, no, <laughs> or, or whatever. And But then that can spark a conversation yeah. and that conversation can lead into something else. Um, the older kids, it's that's where you get into that, that territory where the boys tend to not not talk to their parents as much and then teenage years that's that's a whole that's a maggie dent story there you've got to talk to maggie dent about that one mm. but it's the it's the younger kids because what i found is that uh with with my books parents have have messaged me and emailed me and all that and i said i can't believe what my son was thinking about stuff and i'm going okay and what's happened is they've, they've read the book together and their son maybe five or six and little points in the book will trigger our conversation. Well, the parent will go to the child this or the child would go, oh, I don't think like that, I think like this. And I had one mum who said that her son, who was, I think it was five, and he did have anger issues and he was unsettled and separation anxiety and all that. And they kept reading, it's okay to feel the way you do over and over. And he just loved the book. Um, but the, but the mum said, I, I found out things that he was thinking that he wouldn't have told me otherwise because there was a safe space for him to open up. It was just, and that's why I always advocate parents to read to their kids, mm. always. It's so important because it makes kids feel wanted, feel loved, feel safe, feel nurtured. And within that space, they're more safe to open up and talk about things they may be worried about or concerned about. Look, you know, for us, it may, you know, parents may, oh, that's really tiny. But for a kid, a five-year-old kid, and he's, you know, he's maybe been someone's been calling him names or something at school, but that's a big thing and that upsets them. But if they can feel they can talk about it, then it sets them up. Oh, I know I can talk about this in the future if anything else happens. Mm. And hopefully that's that's what I'm hoping. And it's definitely around that routine, isn't it? Like getting them to, mm. a, at night to be very calm, not having those arguments about not eating dinner or, you know, brushing their teeth. I mean, I can't stand that stuff when it goes on at night because it just really doesn't allow for a, a, an easy night when you're putting mm. them to bed, um, I think. And I always used to read as well, like, you know, you read, you read to your kids until they go, no, no, I'm good now, I'm on my own. <laughs> and then you go, oh, but it was for me, oh. not you. <laughs> Because it used to make me feel calm. Like it was the time to be really connected to them. You're not sort of being their servant, you know, dishing up food or yeah. washing clothes or anything. Yeah. So yeah, I was a bit. I was a big advocate for that, and I, I love that you you've been able to express how what comfortable looks like for them. I think that that's mm. a, a great answer around around that. But you've also got a wonderful program that's coming out. Do you want to tell me yeah. about that? Because yeah, look, I've, this is this is one of the the big things that I'm absolutely super excited about because I've taken all the the information from my four books, which which covers literally everything from from mindfulness to self acceptance to 
it's okay to feel the way you do to emotions, to feelings, to resilience, to kindness and empathy. And what I've done is I've turned that into uh, an online program, one for schools, and that's going to be launching in, in a couple of weeks. That's, I'm really excited about that. And then there's going to be a version for home and homeschoolers as well. And so, it, but it features me. I, I recorded a whole bunch of videos, about 27 videos of me talking to kids. And I've put my illustrations over the top of it because I illustrate all my books as well. Wow. And, and, and they're just short two to six minute videos of me talking to kids about the things that are important. And I tell stories about myself to, to show that I'm, I do make mistakes and all that sort of stuff. And then I've always felt different for whatever reason. And just so kids can watch this, these, these videos and just take away, oh, oh, okay, someone else feels the same thing. Or, okay, well, Josh is giving me permission to be okay with myself and things like that. And, and giving little tips on what to do with, with the big emotions like anxiety. And so for each video, there's a little activity that the kids can do, whether it's a drawing activity or whether it's a writing activity or it's a conversation starter. Because I encourage kids to have these conversations with their parents. You know, whether they walk up to yourself when they're five mm -hmm. and they go, Mom, have you ever made a mistake before? And what happened? <laughs> so so it, it starts those sort of conversations as well. And so anyway, so this program, it's it's launching for schools, in, as I said, in a couple of weeks. But the thing is, it's it comes under the social and emotional learning content for the for curriculum for all schools. And most of these programs are usually fairly intensive. You know, there's a framework and the teachers have to have a... Um, mm. personal development day to learn how to do it and and some of these course, some of these programs that are already out there are amazing absolutely Britain doing great stuff but I saw there was a need to actually come in with something that's way simpler doesn't need any training there's no PD day all the teacher does is screen the video to the whole class and then do the activity afterwards and it takes around about 20 minutes and it triggers really important conversations between the teacher and the child and, and yeah. the class. And then the child can go back home to the parents and talk about what they've watched and what, what Josh has said in the, in the videos. And, and I've got one school at the moment who in, in Queensland who, use, who are using it currently, and they just say, it's just fantastic. It's really oh. sparking great conversations and the kids are loving it. And it's just, and they, the teacher goes, it is so easy to do. We just pop the video on because kids are going to go, when are we going to watch Josh? When are we going to watch Josh? <laughs> you become an uh, icon. <laughs> I know, I know. And, and it's like, for me, I want to create the least distance between what I've got to say mm. and how I can help kids and the actual child themselves. And so there's, there's, there's I just use normal everyday language. There's yep. no fancy terminology or anything that teachers need to understand in order to put it in place. It's just me talking to kids about the important things that they should know. And that's and, and uh, every time I get a parent talking to me and I go, well, what, what's in it? And I talk about the content and, and they go, okay, this is what I want my kids to know anyway. Yeah. They're all ba it's basically common sense stuff. Yeah. And, and, if, and we think as parents out. we're doing it, but like mm. it's, there's so many gaps that those kids can slip through. Um, I think it just mm. needs to be everywhere. So it's uh, it's amazing. So yeah. are you a, are you a caricature yet? Like, have you become a cartoon on these videos? <laughs> I've actually have drawn a, a picture of myself. I uh, I mean, one of the books because I say that my favourite food is spaghetti. So I've actually drawn an illustration of me eating a big bowl of spaghetti, and that appears in the books and in one of the videos as well. So 
So yes. <laughs> now I do want to know about the other two books that you you've written as well. After mistakes. Yeah. So t- tell me just a quick li- little glimpse of that, about that one because I think that that's okay, just fabulous. Maybe, yeah. Well, this one's based on my childhood. <laughs> I was constantly getting in trouble for making mistakes and daydreaming and things like that. Um, so this is, goes through telling kids that you know we are all human beings. We make mistakes. That's the whole idea of. I've been a human being, we're making a mistake, we learn from it and we become a better person. Because, you know, talking to a lot of teachers, you know, kids were so scared to try new things for fear of making a mistake. Mm. And so I want to go, no, that, that's that's what you do. You make a mistake, you learn, you keep going. And and failure, failing, there's so many opportunities that can come out and failure. I mean, I failed high school. And I, you know, if I hadn't failed high school, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you people about my <laughs> books and programs and stuff. So so I talk about that. and. Um, What's about overthinking? You know, a lot of kids nowadays they're 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 um, they're so stressed and worried about stuff, and they're overthinking. So I try and offer a couple of strategies about how to avoid that, especially you know focusing on what you like doing, focusing on what you're good at doing, and then go, well, what new things could I try? And give a few suggestions in there, and and it's also about the self-talk, getting kids to recognise their self-talk earlier, and to go, okay, is this really helpful? Is it, what am I saying to myself? Is it really beneficial? And then how is it making me feel? And again, I talk about the importance of talking about how you're feeling to other people, find someone you can trust, mm. talk to. And um, and the, the last page in Magnificent Mistakes and Fantastic Failures, um, I know that people won't be able to see it, but it actually, the important is that you are important to the world. So I want oh, every I kid love that. to know that they are important. So, you know, if you're ever feeling like it's the worst day on the, on your, in your life and it's like the world hates me, everything else, I just want kids to remember that they are important to the world. So they, they can hopefully avoid going down that horrible track of depression, anxiety, and and which is look, so look, like so... you say, it's so self-induced, isn't it? Like we we mm. do it to ourselves. We would never speak to anyone else like we speak to ourselves. I know, and we do We're it as so adults. Horrible, it's I know. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if we can get kids to identify that earlier, yeah. I mean, yeah. you and I would never have been told this when we were growing no. up, but we can tell teach kids this now, mm. and that's going to make the huge difference for this generation because they call it Generation Alpha. So the primary school age kids now, Generation Alpha. This Generation Alpha will be able to grow up to be more adaptable, to be more, more resilient because they've hopefully got these skills that, you know, that we're all teaching the kids now. And um, uh, I, I only, I've how got exciting. hope for the future. Yeah, mm. how exciting. Now tell me about the last one. Tell me about the last book the that last you wrote. The last one is Being Wildly Kind. Oh. That one's about empathy. And it's not just empathy for other people. It's empathy and feeling kindness and compassion for, for animals and for the environment as well because it's it, the whole thing is a big package. So... I get kids to realise that, you know, when they when they put their hand on their heart and they can feel their heart beating and they watch just even the warmth of their hand over their heart, that's where their wild kindness is. And you see these kids light up, go, oh, really? I say, it can never run out, you can't take away, but it's in abundance and you can be kind to everyone and everything because I'm I'm hearing so much that with kids spending so much time online, that nothing online teaches empathy, whereas playing in the park with friends can teach sharing, understanding what other people might be feeling, all that sort of stuff. But if you're online, it doesn't teach that. So there's a huge gap in teaching empathy 
to kids. Mm. And so that's why I wanted to write this book. And also, and then have a future generation of kids who want to look after the planet, be kind to animals and all that sort of stuff. So it all sort of ties in together. It does all tie in together. And it's like you're, you know, you're addressing the anxiety, but you're also managing the expectations which induce the anxiety. And then that's that way, you know, we're not going to have, we're going to have kids that are much more adaptable than we were ever going to be. Yes. You know, we can manage all of that stuff It's um, and have great strategies and expectations. So I guess this is around my question of what is normal. <laughs> now I know you laughed well, at me when I asked this before, but um, well, I think is, you've just—I think you've just described a very normal human who ha- actually has feelings and who feels all that stuff and recovers. And mm. so, talk to me about you know um, what that is, because you didn't—you said you didn't feel normal. You felt there was something. Yeah. Off, yeah. So. I, I, I always, I always felt um, different as a kid because I was, I'm, I'm short. I used, to, I wore glasses by the, by the time I was seven, I had big nerdy glasses and, and um, I, I just, I, I always learned a lot slower than other kids. I took on, you know, information just didn't really go. It went in one ear and out the other. It still does really. Anyway, um, <laughs> we'll get to that. So I, got, I just, I just felt different, and, and you know what? I embraced that as my superpower, and. Even though I wasn't academically gifted, I realised I could use daydreaming as another way of, 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 of experiencing life. And now that I, I actually get paid to daydream and come up with my books, and I talk kids that and they go, really? I say, yeah, people pay me money to stare at the window. <laughs> they get really excited. Um, but and, and the more I realised there was no such thing as normal. Society obviously wants to have this normal thing but or what their idea of normal is. But I think what you said is just a, a human being with all the, the so-called faults and all the emotions, ups and downs and all, is normal. Mm. Everything And every variation of a human being is normal. I always try to explain it as um, whatever you're feeling is a natural response to what's happening. That's mm. If you're angry, there's something going on for you that's made you angry, whether it's your experience exactly. or it's the fear. Like that's it's normal. And the sadness as well, that's normal mm-hmm. when you feel like mm-hmm. you've lost something. And it might not be tangible. It might be a relationship or a, or a friend or, you know, it could be your mm-hmm. pet. Like there's yeah. lots of things that induce all of that. But my last question for you is that you're, you're a massive success now, you know, like I've been Googling and you're all over the place and you're doing these amazing things. But how do you measure your own success, and what do you do for your little wins? Oh, that's a really interesting question. It, I think it's, for me, it's an ongoing thing. It's it's like, you know, you think, oh, I'm going to rest when I've made it. When I've made it, I will rest or something. like. And I go, nah, nah, nah. I, there's always more things to do. But for me, success is when I'm, I have to say, when I'm making a good income, a comfortable income from what I'm really, really in, interested in what I'm passionate about, what I'm curious about. And at the moment, I'm, 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 I'm there, almost there. Um, you know, sometimes people go, oh, don't talk about money. You don't talk about, no, you have to. Because this, this is, this is. Um, That's normal. Everyone has to, has to earn, <laughs> earn a living. And, and it's like you see these people who are doing amazing things and you go, oh, wow, they're so amazing. But in the background, they're mostly eating baked beans out of a tin or, mm. or they've still got their day job or something like that. But um, for me, it is it is because I'm I'm an, actually advertising by trade. So I used to write radio commercials. I've done that for about 25 years, wow. worked at radio stations and stuff. And so I'm I'm transitioning out of that and spending more time doing this stuff, the stuff that really lights me up, which is talking to kids, writing kids' books, 
creating the programs, connecting and, and doing all that sort of stuff. Cause I feel it makes such a change and I get so much feedback from parents going how it's changed their family's life, their child's life. So that's the measure of success by getting that sort of feedback. That's awesome. Thought, that's yeah. that, that, that lights me up. Yeah. That, and then reading those um, messages, you know, that's just the stuff that touches, isn't it? You go, Oh, I've made a difference. It is. You know, it doesn't it matter is. how much it money's is. in the bank. It's never going to be enough. <laughs> I, I, I'm, 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 I know that people can't see this, but I did a primary school visit a couple of weeks ago and the year one teacher got all the students to write me a letter to say how much they enjoyed. And they've, and they've oh, written. Oh, that gives me goosebumps. They've drawn little pictures and they've all done individual ones. And there was there was one, I must be not going to find it now, but, but basically he said, thank you so much, Josh, for coming to our school and letting us know that it's okay to make mistakes. And mistakes was crossed out three times. <laughs> My message is getting through. It, it's and it's and it's. And, I think you've got I, a big book of mistakes going in you somewhere. <laughs> I think you could easily just go. This is a mistake. Yet yeah, we're over that one. This is a mistake. Yeah. Okay. We're moving on. <laughs> um, well, I think I've got a book for you. It's called Pip. She's my eight-year-old self, and she's the procrastinator, the imposter, and the Whoa. perfectionist. Oh, oh, wow! That's a oh, that's a that's an interesting combination there. So you move one step forward, three steps back, and. <laughs> Then just sit down and have a cup of tea. I do. <laughs> and I and I do. And I, I talk to my eight-year-old self all the time and say, "Why are you doing this? What is going on there? You don't have does not have to be perfect. What you've got important things to do. You're the person to do it. Like I'm constantly scripting that. So it's very yeah. It's yeah. very interesting. I love the and, way and, that and you it, put it together. And it's re, yeah, rewriting that internal narrative, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it took me. So a, it took me a long and, time to work out that that's what it was. Like mm. I would walk around and, you know, not know why I finished, I didn't finish things or it wasn't, you know, I didn't feel good enough mm. to talk to, the, you know, to deal with that yeah. or. And, so. and that, that's, that, that goes to that self-worth and, and I, um, a good friend of mine had massive procrastination issues and then they had therapy and they found out the root cause of that. And then as they were working through it, they realized they just naturally started finishing that there's that, that fear suddenly sort of almost dissolved and they found mm. themselves doing stuff. And I, I, hats off. Amazing. And sometimes it's just somebody in your childhood, like your primary school teacher, who's told you that that mark is not high enough. You know, I walked yep. away thinking that I was yep. a really sort of like D-grade English student and I, my mum kept all my reports for me and they're all A's and B's. I'm going... Right. So clearly I wasn't as bad as I thought I was. No, but I that's think wow. Yeah, you just I think you just end up walking away with this perception and of, you know, not being the smartest in the class, but not sort of excelling and but not obviously mm. getting the feedback either from other people, um, that you you're okay, that you can improve on that. That's just where you're sitting at the moment. So I think that's a really yeah. strong message that you send out. Well, it's been lovely talking to you. You're amazing. Oh, and I am uh I'm going to be super stoked to put this one out because um, I think and I, I'm really looking forward to what the kids have got to say about your book when we do the interview with them. Um, yeah. yeah, that's going to be a little book club chat, um, you know, just to see <laughs> what they think. And it's probably going to be very much the same as the affirmations that you're getting from parents yeah. and kids as well, but it's going to be fun. So Yeah, that's going to be good. Yeah, I've got some good questions for them. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, now is there anything else that you would like to share with us before you go or any parting words that you've got for um, for our listeners? Oh, look, it's, it's one thing that I sort of try and just, you're enough the way you are. 
you know, that you, you, you know, you're absolutely wonderful. And we spend our lives being so mean to ourselves. We really, we just need someone else to go, no, you're okay, you're amazing. Go off and do amazing things and you are important to the world. Well, Josh, I'm going to say that you're okay being you. (laughs) (laughs) And we like who you are. So thank you so much um, for joining our little book club. And, um, yeah, we look forward to hearing what they've got to say. Thanks, Pip. It's been amazing.